Welcome to Yoga Wisdom, questions about how to live your yoga in daily life, answered by Integral Yoga founder, Sri Swami Satchidananda. If you were on your deathbed, what advice would you give to your son or daughter? See you later. <laughs> because you are also going to come there where I am going. <laughs> Don't think I am the only one dying. You will also follow me. I'll see there. <laughs> okay? Yeah. I can say a lot, but that's enough. <laughs> Maybe I'll say one thing more. (laughs) Once a sadhu, a spiritual seeker, was just wandering. He was tired and he found a, a sort of a small veranda outside the house. And he just, only the roof but open veranda. So he just went there and he was tired and lying down. At that time, there was an old lady inside and a young, the grandson probably, a little boy, about the age of my, our little kids, Bharati, somebody like that. And they were talking. At that time, there was a funeral procession. A dead body is going towards south. It's always on the south side you have the crematorium. So the grandma called that child, son, go, find out who is that and where is he going. The son came out. This man woke up. Son is going to find out where the body is going. Everybody knows it goes to crematorium. Within ten minutes he came back. Grandma, grandma, he is going to heaven. Huh? How did he know that? He became inquisitive. But before he even knocked at the door and to ask the question, another body was going. Says, can you go and see this one? Where is he going? After 10 minutes, the boy came. Grandma, he is going to hell. And this poor sadhu couldn't resist anymore. He butted into the house and said, You have a great boy. How does he know where the soul goes? To the hell and heaven? Could you please tell me how he found out? Why don't you? You ask yourself. 
<laughs> Swami, don't you know that? It's very simple. Please, boy, tell me. I don't know any of this. Well, you know the first person I went, normally I go, walk with them and listen what the people who are following the body talk about. And the first case, they were, oh, what a nice man. He was very useful, very helpful, loving person, wonderful person. I don't think we'll be able to see a person like him anymore. We lost a good friend. Everybody was very, very sympathetic and appreciative of his life. So where else will he go? Huh? But what about the second case? Ha! Ah, that was terrible. You know what? The, ah, now we can all sleep comfortably. <laughs> huh? Oh, what a big relief. Huh? You know, one day I just got $10 from this guy and he was pestering me to get that money with interest for another $10 within a month. What a stingy man. Yeah, he used to fight with everybody. My Now the whole village can sleep comfortably. Tell me, Sadhu, you tell me, where will he go? Tell me. So, probably if I have time enough to advise my son or daughter, I'll say, imagine that you are dying now and find out what others will talk about you. And don't let them talk about you saying, ah, what a big relief. Live a useful life, a loving life. If you could meet anyone throughout history, if you could meet anyone throughout history, who would you meet and what would you ask them? Fortunately or unfortunately, I have met many people. <laughs> but certainly, now I am more comfortable in meeting little babies. And I don't have to ask anything from them. I will just crawl and play with them. I would like to meet babies. <laughs> What was the most significant thing that has ever happened to you, within parenthesis, that affected your life the most? What did it teach you? Sure, that's a big question, eh? Hmm. Very hard to say. Everything is significant and nothing is significant. Because somehow I felt there was some unseen force holding my hand and taking me. And that hand took me to places, giving me various experiences. I was not even planning to do anything or go anything or see anything. 
I was a sort of easy, lazy person. So experiences came naturally. If at all I could say one significant, if you want to call it significant, and if I have to say a significant thing, meeting my master, Shivananda. That more or less gave me a final okay. So the real significant thing in life is to meet a true spiritual guide just to tell you where to go. Some people think personal relationships interfere with spiritual growth. What do you think? Yes, it's true. Personal relationship will interfere because it is personal. It limits you. Impersonal relationships, okay. Universal relationships, okay. But very personal means then you are splitting your life. You begin to see the people who have personal relationship as different from the others. That creates division in life. That is one of the reasons why a monk doesn't have any personal relationship. Nothing personal. Even within his own person, he doesn't have a personal, he is not a person at all. He becomes totally universal. The Hindu scriptures say, even with God, do not have personal relationship. That means you are limiting. So, any kind of personal relationship means limits you. Spiritual means you see the whole. Not a little. But if you see the whole and experience the whole, and then even if you seem to have some personal relationship like, it doesn't affect you. That's only superficial, namesake, momentary, temporary, for a certain reason, that's all. You are personally living in a place. See, people, they all say that I am, I belong to yoga will. Okay, I have to have a personal address so that the mailman come, can bring my mail. But I don't have to get stuck with that personal address. Wherever you go, that becomes your home. But the mailman doesn't know that. So for his sake, you have to have a permanent one address. And that's what you call personal relationship. You should not get caught in that. 
what is important to you hmm. I was about to say nothing <laughs> the most important thing is your peace and that of others have peace and help others to find the peace what makes you happy sad angry nothing makes me happy if things make me happy when i lose them i'll become unhappy so i am happy always i don't need anything to make me happy if things make me happy then they will the same things will make me sad and then i'll find an excuse a scapegoat for losing that i'll be angry so one follows the other be happy yourself don't let things to make you happy what do you feel is still something life what do you feel is still something life has to teach you i don't know but the, there must be something more that's why i'm still alive if i have finished learning i would have gone long before from the college so the mere fact that i am still here in the college means i still have to learn something but still i don't know what it is when it comes i will learn maybe something i don't even worry about the future <clears throat> what is the most important thing that you learned in or about life most important thing lead a total dedicated life raise above these little limitations because you are a minute particle in the entire cosmos you are a part of the whole you are not just an individual separate what is the three biggest problems in life three biggest problems finding an answer to this question is <laughs> is the biggest problem now hmm i found one problem hmm how to find an answer that seems to be the only one right now <laughs> why are you doing what you are doing i don't know <laughs> i am not doing i have been made to do so you better ask the guy who makes me do 
I don't question. My abbot would know. You don't go and ask, why are you making me do this? And he'll say, this is not the place for you to get out. Do you feel there is a basic difference between maleness and femaleness besides the body? Wonderful question. Nothing. I always say, only the physical features make the big difference, male, female. They have the same blood, same flesh. The formation differs. Same mind, same taste, same temperament, same spirit, everything same. So this male-female question is nothing but talk of bundle of flesh. That's all. Other than that, there's no male and female. What is your core practice? A core practice. Leave everything in the hands of the beaver. <laughs> Leave it to beaver. <laughs> I mean, uh, not, uh, not the beaver, beer. Not beer, beer. Not the becomer, beer. Leave it to beer. That's the core practice. No problem. Just leave it. What made you approach life in this way? What made me approach life in this way? Mother Nature The very life which guides me throughout. Gently moves me along. So it's not that I decided to be like this or to do this. I'm not simply answering in a philosophical way. No. I'm just answering from my heart. I have no goal in life. I don't have to approach anywhere, do anything. Every minute, I feel the unseen hand. Wherever he puts, I'm there. Whatever he makes me do, I do. That keeps me always free from any kind of stress, always happy, peaceful, 
all these guys may say even that title founder director swami sachidananda all these dar founder director is all their labels they have to have something i don't know what it is for i just move as the the divine wind moves me i am nothing but a dry leaf fallen from the tree every time wind blows it goes this way or that way and i don't even question why are you making me do this or pushing me here and there total surrender and so far i have no problem with that at all i am very comfortable people come people go organizations come organizations go they just come and go anything that comes will go last night we gave a farewell party to somebody a welcome party to somebody same party cut the same cake for both <laughs> life is like that accept it thanks for listening to this integral yoga multimedia podcast we hope you'll subscribe for more information on shri swami sachidananda and integral yoga please visit us online at integralyoga.org